They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And normally I don't put a time and place on these things, but we are recording this show around 4.30 in the afternoon Eastern on day two of election 2020 fallout. Um, and hopefully <laughs> we offer you some catharsis and therapy. We are not going to avoid talking about the election, even though I try to avoid those kinds of things on this show because it would be impossible. And I'd rather just work through this with my very special guest today. So as of right now, things look like they might be going blue, but we have no friggin' idea. The election still has not been called and they're still counting votes. So with that, we're going to attempt to have a nice conversation and try to figure out how the nearly half of this country are still a bunch of racist, bigoted assholes. And with that, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons who are not racist, bigoted assholes. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Kraus, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Shior Hansen, Gusted, and to my newest patrons, Ralph Lund, Luke Donnelly, Tom Painter, Cassandra Raguchi, Carolyn Thompson, Brian Beshia, Patrick R. Young, Scott R. Curie, and Chris Charles. Thank you all so much. You are what make making this worthwhile because you remind me that I'm doing something good for you guys and putting out good conversation into the world. And you're nice enough to try to help me financially so I can keep on doing it. And I really appreciate this show, as a lot of my recent shows have been, is brought to you by Skeeter Plays. One of my very best friends, Steve Brennan, has a Let's Play channel. You should get on over there and check him out on YouTube. And with that, definitely not a racist, bigoted asshole, Mason. Good sir, welcome back to the show. Happy to be back, Chris. Ah. So we are standing on the cusp of the void. We have been screaming into it for four years, and the void seems to be getting ever closer. Sir, how are you? <laughs> My throat hurts from screaming into it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what is wrong with people? Chris, I've been trying to figure that out for the 35 years I've been on this fucking planet. And if I figure it out, trust me, I will tell you. I I just don't understand. And and this is this is coming from a guy, you know, I I've I've spoken about this on shows before but this is not something i'm proud of but i'll i'll elaborate here because people have asked questions and i might as well it makes me feel better to announce that even i was once ignorant i would not say that i was once a racist bigoted asshole because i don't think i ever was but i was duped into voting for them um and that came from my post-college days um i went to college twice basically is what I like to say because I went to grad school and when I went to grad school I became a resident advisor and I got in with um you know people that worked in the residence halls and resident advisors were normally freshmen and sophomore people so I ended up being in school for four years with a whole new group of college freshmen and let me tell you I saw some really 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 intense crazy 
far left stuff that I could see why someone in the middle of rural Alabama may be afraid of somebody like this. Now, let me say this. It rubbed me the wrong way because I was living in an entitled life. I am a white guy from Boston. I don't see as far as how far the racism can go in the country, nor do I see how far things in the other direction can go. I'm also, like I said, white. I have friends that are gay, lesbian, bi, um, black, Asian, Hispanic. You know, you just go down the list. I, I know them all. And to me, nothing was really hurting me or affecting me or them in my close proximity. So yeah, I voted against Barack Obama. I'm an asshole. I'm, I'm honestly going to say that. Um, I feel like a total asshole. I feel like even more of an asshole today. Um, but, but I want to say that, you know, it seemed like the stakes were nowhere near as high then as they do now. Looking at it now, I want to go back and like punch that version of myself in the face to be so ignorant to think that voting that way really didn't matter because I'm in a state that's going to go Democrat anyway. So what's the big deal? Now I look at people that, you know, vote. Um, in the states where it looked like Biden was going to lose by one or two percent and now he might win by one or two percent, he could have a one or two percent even more than that lead and shut the damn orange jerk off up. But they had to go and vote third party. I would love it if there was a third party that was reputable on these election ballots. That's the system's fault. That's not our. Not something we're going to fix two weeks before the election. Sorry. But anyway, that's my story of embarrassment. How are you? Well, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I, I, all, you know, I pretty much always voted for the, for, for you know, blue for uh, pretty much as far as long as I've been able to vote. But that doesn't mean I wasn't, you know, a complete fucking dimwit and an asshole, you know, years back. I mean, I heard one, someone once told me and I, and this, I think, still holds true, that if you are the same person you were every five years, you're doing something wrong. Like, not, yeah. and that's not necessarily like, oh, well, you know, you need to completely change shit up every five years. No, but like, if I am as ignorant now as I was five years ago, then five years ago, me needs to punch current me in the fucking face. <laughs> and and I think I think that's where the mistake of of social media comes in um and the mistake is is that we hold we hold, like you know you look back in the day when like you had walter cronkite and walter cronkite would come on and go you know what i'm the news that's it you get it from me doesn't necessarily mean there wasn't a bias there but i'm the news and so you didn't have 80 people's interpretation of the news every minute of every hour of every day that you could look back 10 years ago and go, but you didn't feel that way then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. We, we, everything's under a microscope and we want to hold people accountable for how they were five, 10 years ago. And the reality is we got to always move forward. This is why I, I think it's so ridiculous as an offense back to, you know, someone like Biden to go, well, you've been in government for 47 years. Why do you all of a sudden think people are going to believe you're going to change it? And it's like, well, that you could literally say that same thing to every politician. I want that fixed no matter what. But we're not dealing with a status quo election right now. We're dealing with a get the literal guy that wants to kill my friends and family out of office. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference. 
I mean, I look, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. My, you know, I had neighbors, I had a neighbor across the street with, that was from Korea. I had neighbors next door that were from Pakistan. I had a guy, uh, guy two doors, uh, two doors down who was from Poland, uh, next door to him. I think, uh, man, what the hell? I think, I think Christopher was also Korean. Hell, I don't know. But we had, it was a, a veritable rainbow coalition of people. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone who was just generic white person on my block when I was growing up. And I cannot think of a person. <laughs> like, our, our, our next door neighbors were Greek on the other side. So we had, like, all sorts of, you know, stuff. So I was, so I learned at a very early age, thankfully, that not every that the world isn't you know is full of all sorts of people and they're not all gonna be you know generic white people like i and my family tend to appear even though my family is you know of jewish descent right <laughs> it's just because anyone who sits there and says well that's you know that's a now thing that didn't exist back then it's like motherfucker it existed then just you know, it wasn't, you know, it's like people no. didn't feel safe to talk about no. it back here's, then. Here's the other thing. I bet you that person mm -hmm. that said that's a now thing was probably Irish or Italian <laughs> or any of these people that, it, lest, lest we forget, you want to go back and see the shit they used to say about each other. Yeah. We had entire sections of town called Polish town and Irish town and Italian town because we were segregating people because we didn't like each other. Mm -hmm. You know, this all is, race, this yeah, is all, human all, instinct. All racism is bad except for racism against the Irish. That's deserved. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hot damn! <laughs> something, and, something, and, whis something, something, whiskey, potato, something, something. And 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 I lost every selfie viewer that I have <laughs> right then and there. I'm I'm gonna get the union, the freaking uh, um, Hibernians, the AOH are gonna come knocking down my door looking for blood. Oh no! <laughs> Everybody's Uncle Mickey down at the AOH for two dollar and fifty cent mill a night. Dude, guy. Oh, oh, oh God. Um, yeah, but so, so for for those of you that don't like politics, I'm sorry. This is like the one of my shows you're not going to like. But this is catharsis. We need this. I'm hoping a lot of you need this. Um, Mason, what are some ways you've been coping um, this election season? Hell, this pandemic season. You know, on on the 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 season finale of the United States of America, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> How have you been coping? Is what we call a segue. No, no, no. You've you know th this is this is all part of it. This is the catharsis. You've sure. you've been doing some really cool stuff, and you've been sharing it with our um, with our Discord group. So mm -hmm. why, why don't you delve into that a little bit? Yeah. So um, I have uh, I don't want to say recently because I've been kind of into it for a couple years. No, wait. It's only been like. Holy shit, time. What are you doing? Yeah, it's only it's been, been a couple it's, years. It, it hasn't, though. It's only been, I've only been into this shit for like maybe a year and a half, which is crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, um, it was a 2019 thing. Well, yes. Yeah. God. Oh, God. It's like that scene no. at the end of, uh, at the end of uh, Last Crusade where the guy drinks from the cup and just starts aging terribly. No, dude, dude, here's, here's something to remind you, right? Like, what was this that somebody told me the other day? Sonic the Hedgehog came out in theaters this year. That's Think impossible. about that for a minute. No. Birds That's... of Prey 
Birds of Prey came out in theaters this year. No. 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 Actually, sorry. Seven months ago. (laughs) Should I say? Oh, my God. Chris, how am I supposed to finish this podcast when I am literally fading to dust in my chair? Right? Like, I've never, like, these are the types of things, like, I have the memory of those things, and they feel like they happened as long ago as high school for me. Yes. Oh, my, yes. 2020, as crappy as it is, has been the year of a thousand years. (laughs) And that makes it even crappier. Yes. A thousand percent. Anyway, so I guess for the last year and a half, I have been uh, into, uh, you know, gotten into 3D printing, which is something I've always wanted to get into, but like always seemed like it was way too expensive. And then uh, when my twin, my, my twin brother got a uh, 3D printer and he did it because he's, you know, Mr. Big Hiker guy and, you know, you know, he's built like a brick shit house, and he's done a lot of big, a lot of big like through hikes. He's done the Arizona Crest Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and you nice. know he, he loves he loves that shit. And like like he was at like the Pacific Crest Trail. I think he was on for like months. So it's like okay, I'll just talk to you when you're at a when you're at a Trail Angels home or something, because you're gonna be completely out of reach <laughs> until then. And it's like he does this shit, and he's crazy, and I good for him because I could never do it, and that's okay. <laughs> But so he was doing that and he got a 3D printer because he had started building his own backpacks. Jesus. Yeah, that's like that's how deep into the shit he was. He was getting like the really tough cloth and he needed the 3D printer to print like clips and shit. And I'm like, dude, just Uh just buy just buy the little little clips that fit into the, you know, the little things that fit into the other things this just let's get like a hundred of them for like five bucks no i need to get this printer because i need i, I want to do this all myself because i need it specifically to be like okay and so yeah he spent like you know 250 dollars on the ender 3 which is like the agreed on like best entry level 3d printer it has a volume of 250 uh 250 millimeters in the x-axis 250 millimeters in the y-axis and about, I think it's two. No, I'm sorry, two thirty-five in the X and Y, and then two fifty uh, going. Uh, Damn, going up. Which is, and that's millimeters. So it's not, it's not a huge build volume, but it's decent. It's decent. Yeah, um, absolutely. So you know, so after like he had had that for like a month or so, and was talking to me about it, like I'm gonna have to pull the fucking trigger. Right? <laughs> so I got, I got. I also got myself an Ender 3, and for the first, you know, couple of with it, I was doing some cool shit, but, like, I felt like I really didn't get it because I kind of jumped in way too far as far as, like, you know, I, I started, like, following the advice of people, like, no, you got to mod it, you got to do this to the print, you got to do that to the print, before I really understood how it worked. So that was a mistake. And it was, a, and you know, the mistake was costly because I had so much extra stuff I ended up having to buy in order to, you know, fix the printer. But through that, I did learn how it worked, and it's honestly amazing. It's like basic, it's basically like a hot glue gun attached to a gantry that goes, you know, left and right, uh, and then the bed underneath it that you print stuff on moves forward and back, and then there's a, a threaded rod 
that uh, twi- that's attached to a motor that spins and that makes it go up and down. Yeah, and they're really cool. They're very cool. I mean, you're an engineer, so you probably work with this shit all the time. No, um, it's it's very funny. So I am actually in awe of 3D printers because when I was an engineer in you could not touch one. This is the difference between, remember, I graduated, oh God, I graduated undergrad in engineering school 14 years ago. So 3D printers were a thing of like legend. Like there was one lab we went to on a tour of another school where they had one. So I never got to put my hands on a 3D printer until like two or three years ago. My my buddy runs his own company and his company has a MakerBot lab. So, ah. so that's my exposure. So this is all very new to me too. And I'm, I, I get how they work. Like I could build, I could probably design and build one. Um, it wouldn't work that great, but I, <laughs> I, I understand the concept, but, um, oh man, are they so cool? And they're still so new to me. Like we, I think we finally just got one at my work that they're setting up for us to play around with. And, um, I'm excited. That's awesome. So yeah, so I have I was working with the three printer for a while, and I finally, you know, I finally got it, you know, to uh, dialed in because you know the it can be like oh hold on the first the, the first you know because it prints a la- you know it prints just a layer of this plastic and then moves up an, an amount and then prints another layer on top of that and just does that over and over again. But the problem, you know, one of the biggest problems is well if your first layer is not pressed you know if the nozzle isn't close enough to the bed that it's able to extrude the plastic and make it stick to whatever bed you're using glass or uh, some kind or some kind of thermoplastic or whatever it's not you know the whole print's going to fail and it's just going to be and it's just going to give you a big plate of spaghetti but yep. on the other hand if it's too close then it's, not, then it's either not going to be extreme to plastic or it's going to scratch up the bed and it's just it's a getting the Getting the bed leveled or trammed is a huge pain in the ass, and all, um, or at least it was. Um, but you know, you can get stuff. You can get a little, a, a little auto bed leveling probe that'll make it so that the, uh, so that it'll like probe, like twenty five or so points on the bed before it starts printing, and then as it moves on the bed, you know, you'll tell it how close you want it to be, how close is the pro- optimal. Um, optimal distance and then it'll just make sure doing that first couple of layers that is always the optimal distance so it'll like it'll it'll do micro adjustments based on where it knows it is on the bed and that's and that's how i managed to get some really good prints so like the first big thing i printed was and this is about this is about a year ago now because you know this is the style at the time (laughs) Well, you were also wearing an onion on your belt. God damn it! You beat me by one second. And the Kaiser stole our number two. We had to say dickety. I'm going to start calling 2019 2000 dickety. I'll allow it. So the first thing I printed was a Mandalorian helmet because that was like that was the big thing at the time. Um, and like literally everybody, it, it felt like it was a rule. Like if you own a 3d printer and you are into any kind of nerdy shit, you have to do this. And obviously my little 235, 235, 250 printer is not big enough to print a full fucking helmet. So I do. So I found a, um, a file, uh, on, uh, cause there's multiple places you can get 
where you yep. can get like the uh, the file, you know, the files to slice uh, in the software and then throw onto the 3D printer. Uh, so like the two big ones are Thingiverse, and the one and the other one I use is like My Mini Factory. So I found a version of the Mandalorian helmet on My Mini Factory made by one Rob Pausa. Hell yeah! And it was sliced up into eight pieces, which were totally small enough to fit onto my printer. And over the course of like a week, I printed it and I, you know, I put, you know, I glued all the pieces together and it looked all right. And I sanded it and I painted it and it looked okay. I was pretty happy with that. I'm looking, I'm looking yeah, I at thought it. Was awesome. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and I, I kept doing stuff. I kept printing other stuff. Um, Eventually, I decided I wanted to, you know, reprint it to to print that helmet again because I thought I could do better, and I did. I I still had to print. You know, I, Rob released a second version of his helmet, which was much more accurate to the show, and this time, I uh, I think I glued it. I glued it together better. I used uh, wood filler better to hide the se- hide hide the seams better. I just I think I just did a much better job on that one. And then for paint and then for painting, um, I had heard that if you cover it with like a, a very glossy paint, you can then t- uh, get powdered gra- like graphite powder. That is, or each particle is plus or minus five nanometers. So this is just yep. very a very fine graphite, but obviously you have to wear a respirator when you see this because you know. Gets, uh, and also it gets everywhere. But so I, if you paint, if you, you know, after you got everything primed or whatever, if you paint on with a very, very smooth layer of glossy paint and then use like a cotton, cotton ball and dip it into your bucket of, uh, of graphite and then rub that on, it basically paints this amazing looking finish on it that, and, and I got, I think I got a fantastic finish with the with the powdered graphite i would agree on that and you know i'm looking at and again is it perfect hell no but but the but the looking at the two side by side night and day night and day so you know i I was doing stuff with the three printers and eventually you know i i kind of like burned out with it and like kind of did it you know it went months between between using it because that happens you know with hobbies but I was inspired to pick it up again when I came across a uh, a guy on the internet. Uh, his name is Frank, and he was building a full size wearable Mark eighty five Iron Man suit. Love it. And like, it was one of the most amazing things I had seen. He was, and he it wasn't even done. He wasn't even done with it. But like, he had he, like he posted in one of the three D printing groups I was on on. Um, on Facebook, and so I, you know, I went and I found him and followed him on YouTube and on Instagram and whatever, and like he has come, like just watching him, he because he gives, like I had been following tutorials about how to do this, how to do that, how to smooth your prints, do this, don't use a power sander, it'll kill the, it'll melt the plastic, you lunatic, yep. like don't do it, don't do it, yes. Well, uh, this guy is an aircraft engineer for the Air Force, and he's a big car guy. So he knew what he could and couldn't do and has a bunch of tutorials about, like, nope, you can totally use a dual-action rotary 
uh, sander with like 80 grit sandpaper. You just got to, you know, watch what you're doing and not keep it in one place for very long. And that way, sanding a print, which could, which took hours or days, can, you know, be reduced to minutes. And I started following him and interacting with him. And he's, he's very, you know, very cool guy. And he did finish his Mark 85. And it's fucking incredible. <laughs> just completely balls out insane that he managed to do this. He actually, uh, they had a, um, you know, he was trying to get the his suit done by it in order to be able to go to like because he lives in uh in london in uh like england in order to go to like the the big comic-con there but obviously covid happened and that didn't come to pass but they did do like a comic-con at home thing and they had a uh a cosplay like a big cosplay thing and he actually won the prize for like best uh recreation awesome so yeah but and so now he started like on the news, you know, he started doing other stuff. He started a Patreon, he has a big Discord, he's doing you know, he's doing the and he's he's doing this stuff, he's doing more, he's doing more he's doing another big Iron Man suit, the Mark 39 Star Boost, which is one of the suits seen in the uh, in the at the end of Iron Man three when the Iron Legion shows up to help uh oh, yeah. to help Tony and uh and Rhodey. Um so it's it's uh it's like all white and it has and it has like uh, like black panels and a little bit of gold and it's like built for like interest out for like you know space travel that's why they call it the star boost so that's mm-hmm. it's really cool and then you know he, i saw him doing that and i like i had been thinking about about doing a big project because you know things had been going okay you know well for me and i just i wanted to do something that would like you know help me help me keep busy as you said during the pandemic I made this decision like a couple, you know, I only made this decision like three months ago that I started this thing. But I decided I wanted to, I, I wanted to print an Iron Man suit of my own. But I didn't want to print the Mark 85 because that's a skin suit. It's not really meant to be armor. It's, you know, it's nanotech. You can't read. So, any, so even the best looking Mark 85 suits are always going to look a bit weird because... That's not how they move. That's not how they're built in the movies. So I wanted one of the older ones that was still, you know, plates, armor. So the one I decided on and was able to get for a good, really good deal on a DO3D, which is a good site that offers like paid, like paid files, but they're, they're fantastic quality, strongly recommended. I found the Mark 40 shotgun armor. Nice. And if you look this up, this is another one of the suits that uh, that was flying around at the end of Iron Man three. If uh, if you recall the battle that Tony had with Aldrich Killian, it was the one he was wearing, and then like uh, Killian grabbed the leg and like tried to rip it off, and then Tony ejected his leg from that leg, and he got the leg ripped yep. off. Yeah, that that the suit that he was wearing during that whole sequence that ended up getting like by getting like cut in half. That's the shotgun armor. And according to the wiki, because there is always a wiki, the shotgun yes, armor is for, is, is for extreme speed. <laughs> so it, like, if you look, like, if you look this up, it looks really crazy. Like there's a, like, it just, it looks completely different. Like the Iron Man, it's clearly an Iron Man suit, but like the, the, the helmet and the faceplate looks very different, more like triangular i guess like it just 
it's completely unique looking. And I, I saw this and I immediately fell in love with it. I'm like, that's the one. I have to, I have to, I have to print that. So I wait, so I, I um, waited a little bit um, until, I, God, when was it? It was like uh, middle of August, give or take. They were having a big sale like, for, for a holiday. Maybe it was Memorial Day or something. I don't remember. Um, but I bought the files, got them for like less, for like 80 bucks, which is great because they're usually like 150 for the whole suit. And I was just, um, I was overjoyed. But then it's like, well, I still only have the Ender 3. And something like this shouldn't really be printed on a smaller printer. And I had, and I did have some money saved up. So I decided to uh, go for a second bigger printer. So I ended up spending <laughs> money on. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> on a CR10 V2 which is 300 by 300 by 400 so Damn. a market improvement over the Ender 3 but at that size I was able to print most of the parts in one piece I still had, some of them still had to be cut apart and then like plastic welded back together like the back the back plate is, uh, you know, I had to cut in half, you know, so it's, you know, it's, ba you know, the printer is wide enough for me to print it diagonally corner to corner, but it's still, the, the but like the chest and back plate are still too tall. Right. To able oh no, the chest isn't, the back is the bit, because the back has the big, has like the rocket pack in the, at the base of the spine. <laughs> but so I had, so I did this and I'm almost done printing out all of this. I think the only things I have left to print are like the shins and the feet and like the, the feet, like the, and the pieces that go over the foot that'll like wrap yep. around a shoe. Th those and some other pieces, I'm going to have to get some flexible filament to print, like the inside of the elbow and the neck to make sure I have, you know, movement <laughs> available. Because otherwise, I'm not printing a statue. I'm gonna wear this stuff. Right. So you've, you know, so obviously I've been, you know, sharing my progress in, uh, you know, in your Discord, and you've seen some of the stuff. You've, you've seen the stuff I've been doing. It's completely bonkers. Like just oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I am super proud of this. Like just last night, because I've been trying to figure out. Okay, I got most of this printed. Um, <laughs> Currently, my CR10 is broken. I'm working on getting it fixed because that's another thing with 3D printers, is it's you know it's kind of rare for them to stay in good repair for a long time. Just right. if you're using them, you know you're always you're always tweaking them. Stuff's always happening. So that one, like I uh, I was trying to remove a remove one to remove the nozzle, and for whatever reason, the nozzle just kind of snapped inside the heater block and it was impossible to remove. So I'm like, well, got to get a new, guess I'll have to get a whole new, uh, I, I couldn't just get a new heater block. So I just had to get a whole new hot part. Uh, and I <laughs> plugged that. And once I plugged that in up, oh, guess what? The little, t little thermometer part, uh, that blew out the board. <laughs> so instead of like, you know, being able to take the temperature, it just auto, it just always thinks the hot part is 176 degrees. Oh, grand. Yeah, so can't do that. 
So I'm currently trying to return, like, I was trying mm -hmm. to find, like, I, you know, I, try, I tried everything, tried getting new new thermometers, tried, you know, all, all, you know everything, everything, like nothing worked. It was just stuck. I tried, re, you know, reflashing the motherboard, still nothing. Um, I ended up talking to some of the people in uh, in Frank's Discord and someone suggested, well, how long ago did you get the printer? I'm like, just like two and a half months ago. He says, uh, talk to Amazon, see about doing an exchange. Like, of the printer? He says, yeah, it hasn't been that long and they're pretty good about that. So I'm currently working with them, and yeah, if I can get them to send out a new printer, I'll just you know swap out the uh, the control box because I'm not <laughs> building this all over again. Right. I'll just swap out the control box, send that back to them, and that'll be that. So we'll see how right. that goes. We'll see how that goes. It's better. It's better than spending like eighty dollars on a new on a new main board, which which also would fix it. I just don't want to have to spend any more money on. It, you know? Right. Because <laughs> this thing should not have broken the way it did. Anyway, so you know, now that I have most of this stuff printed, the you know, before I do any sanding, before I do any painting, before I do any priming, anything like that, I need to make sure that this the, that the whole suit is able to, you know, is, is is you know, fits on me. And I've you know, and I've had to scale the parts when I was printing them to make sure that they fit, oh, you know, that they fit on me because I am not you know what? Whatever size this thing is scaled for when it's you know when it's when it's modeled is not the size of person I am. Right. <laughs> like some parts I had to mass like the the you know most things actually did print at like a hundred percent, but like the shins that I you know still need to print. Like I got one printed and like initially it's like. This thing is like 500 millimeters tall. It's like I'm my shins are not that long. <laughs> <laughs> like I used like a you know like a like a tape like a like a, a fabric tape measure to like check. It's like no, my shins are about a foot. <laughs> like I I cannot print it that. Big. I can't you know even if I wanted to print it that big, you know why would I? That'd be stupid. You have to scale this stuff down to, you know, and thankfully there's a uh, program for, called Armorsmith, which allows you to basically take measurements of yourself and then uh, use those to form a, uh, like a digital dummy and then import the piece and import the armor pieces onto that to make sure that they fit right and scale oh, them cool. up and down. It's very useful. It's very useful, even though it's not as intuitive as it could be. But so like, yeah, so now I'm trying to figure out this, you know, I, you know, obviously the first thing I printed was the helmet and the faceplate and that all fits pretty, you know, the first one I printed was just slightly too small and I could get it on, but it really was squeezing my head. So I bumped it up a couple percent and printed it again. Fits great. Looks great. Going to make, you know, and down the road, once I, you know, once I'm done with fitment, I'll start working on the electronics and that means, you know, lights and yeah. making, and making the hell and making the, uh, the, the, the faceplate on a helmet lift up and close down and having and having the eyes light up because there's I have a couple of uh couple of kits of like this and it's basically like a uh like pla uh what's the word what's the word for like window plastic that they use uh plexiglass plexiglass it's like plexiglass it's little plexiglass uh pieces that have like a like a dotted pattern like like etched into the etched into their surface on one end and then there's yep. an LED that's like glued onto the side and then when you when the LED comes on it lights up 
those little divots, but you can still see through it. So, so a lot of people use these for like, you know, the, the eyes on like Iron Man or, you know, or, or a powered Batman armor or whatever. So I have these, I'm going to put those in the helmet and make it so that those can turn on and off, those turn on and off when the helmet goes up and down. How I'm going to do that, I'm still not sure. Maybe I'll use Arduino, maybe I won't. I don't know. But, you know, trying to get this all fitting is, it's a, it can definitely be a challenge. But like I said, most of the parts individually fit fine. Now I'm getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, you know, getting the, you know, the forearm to fit is pretty easy. I slide my hand through it. That's it. <laughs> getting the bicep to fit is, you know, is okay. I slide, I slide up my, up my bicep and attach it to assumedly something above it, you know, whatever. Getting the chest and back to fit, however, is a little bit more complicated <laughs> because, yeah. uh, there's really nothing for them to, you know, it's, it's, they're not rings that slide up your, you know, your meat tubes. It's, you know, you have to figure out a way to get that on. So I've been, you know, racking my brain about this for weeks. Um, I think I finally came up with something, uh, last night cause I tried using like, uh, oh, like, uh, you know, like woven, uh, like woven vinyl. Like you see on like backpacks and whatever, the yep. cords, I try, you know, I got a big roll of that and I try and I made and like use that and some clips and some duct tape to make like a harness and tried like, okay, I can use these clips and that sort of worked. But the problem with that was, okay, I got the front clipped on pretty good. It's where it needs to be. How do I attach the back to the, oh the back? Because it's like, I'm only one dude here. Like, even if I could find a good way to attach the back where it stayed though they're properly, I can't train my dogs to put it on me. Right. So it's like, well, that's not going to work. And then I got a big roll of uh, industrial Velcro, which holds like 10 pounds. Um, so it's, you know, just really good stuff. Very sticky back. Works great. But I still couldn't figure, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I put the clips on the back and you put the back on sort of like a backpack, then have like things of Velcro coming off the front so that I can then just place the front piece on top of that Velcro and then it'll line up well. Well, that didn't really work either, at least not as well. I felt I, it was, it worked better, but I, and I felt like I was getting somewhere, but just not perfect. Last night I had an epiphany though. It's like, hold okay. on. I want to put the back on like a backpack. Why don't I just use a backpack? So I, uh, I found one, a backpack I had gotten in an old job that I still had sitting around. And I took scissors to it. And I hated doing that because it was a real nice backpack. But I took scissors to it and basically cut out cut off everything but the two back straps and the and the like the flat back part. Yep. And I put some of the sticky and, and you know I lined that up and I put some a couple of the you know some of the uh, velcro on it. And what do you know? That totally works. That like I'm able to slide the back on easily with the with the two backpack straps. Getting the front on is now going to be a, a lot easier. I'll probably use clips or velcro and then like maybe i'll put some i'll like embed some neodymium magnets in the in there nice. at the that's seam, a great idea at the seams because you know 
the magnets I have are really strong, but they're not strong enough to hold each hold each of these pieces, even with a bunch of them. But I figure for helping to keep stuff aligned, it'll be perfect. And so once I have that done, it'll be easy to just attach some of the some of the nylon cord to uh, like to the inside of like the front or the back, extend it out, and then put a clip on it, and then put the other part of the clip on the underside of the shoulder of the pauldron. So I get those on, and then the pauldrons I can have a little I can have a cord going down to the bicep, and the bicep can then connect to the forearm and the elbow. And so once I get this done, everything else will fall into place. So I am <clears throat> I am super excited about this. I don't really have an ETA for how long this is going to take. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I've been printing this thing and figuring it out for two and a half months with huge breaks in there. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes you have to take care of other stuff or you just get, you know, depressed or whatever. And you just don't want to touch it, don't want to look at it. But, like, so I don't really have an ETA for how long it's going to take. I don't really care. I, unlike the, unlike the Mandalorian helmets I've made or the couple of Iron Man helmets I've made, I am going to do this right. And if that means I have to take it slow, then so be it. Because that means when it's done, you know, I'll be able to go out to, like, costume, you know, to costume parties or cons or whatever and look awesome. As Iron Man. Yeah. As fucking Iron Man. And that'll be cool as shit. So now, now I need a 3D printer. <laughs> again, like the I think the Ender threes are down to like 180. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I need. You know, mm -hmm. I could make like little Lego figures and stuff. Yeah, my yeah. There you go. Kids would your kids would love that. It's it again. Awesome. It's a it's a fantastic thing. I will you know I'm, I will ha and I will happily uh, share with you some of the you know YouTube channels and stuff and some of the resources I have used that you know cuz you know uh, if I want to share this hobby with someone I I want them to be able to not have to make the same bullshit mistakes I did. No exactly and now people have been asking me you know what I want for the holiday season coming up and if we're still going to be stuck inside yeah. adding a adding a little 3D printer down to my um to my uh, laboratory <laughs> i.e. i.e. destroyed basement with a little bit of counter space um <laughs> would would be really cool because uh making a costume yeah hell making like a fit together ghostbusters backpack there you go roton back i yeah. bet you that exists oh i'm sh sh there is tons of files but i'm sure both free and paid for how you know for that exact thing oh this see now i'm getting excited yay uh -oh. Good. So hey, actually, when we when we get off this call, send me send me the uh, the Ender three um like yeah. where I can find it yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. read about it. Is that what you'd recommend if I wanted an entry for level the, one? For, yeah, for entry level, definitely start with the Ender three because it's again it's like one eight it's like you know one sixty one eighty two hundred at most depending on depending on where and when you get it because they're I mean they're they're always running sales and whatever. But and then like you know if you decide okay this is great I want to get you know I want to get a bigger one you know. There's a bunch of a bunch of different versions of the CR10 to have that 300, 300, 400 scale that you can. Yeah, yeah they're all and you know what? They're all fine. I just went for the V2 because I'm a dork. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, man. No, nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't be be in the situation I'm in. But you mentioning uh, your basement and how the basement is destroyed, 
that reminds me of another thing that's been going on in my cool. life. So I currently uh, rent. I rent a, ha a house. And I've always rented. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you get a raw deal when you rent and like everything seems okay and then it just turns out it isn't. Well, it turns out that the land, the, the company I was renting from, turned out to be complete and utter dickheads because we had a big windstorm here uh, about a month or so ago. And, um, you know, we, nobody really thought it was going to be anything because it's like, oh, no, big cold front coming in from Canada. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> now, this is... They wasn't cold. It wasn't really cold yet. It was still like 75, 80 degrees here all the time. And I feel like, and I'm just as guilty of this, but nobody thought back to like ninth grade science mm -hmm. class. So it turns out, now I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but uh, if you have an area that's pretty warm and you introduce a bunch of air that's really cold in that area, it uh, it doesn't quite mix well and produces... Hurricane force fucking winds. <laughs> so yes, here in so here in Utah, we don't really get a lot of hurricanes. <laughs> and so when we had this windstorm with gusts up to seventy miles an hour, ouch! It turned out. It turns out that that. Combined with the fact that it has been that it has been a very dry summer, which is compounded by the fact that the trees in our area, because we're in Utah, their roots don't really go deep because all of the water, when it shows up, is near the surface. Uh huh. All of this combined, like a, like a like an inverse opposite to Captain Planet. <laughs> to rip a bunch of fucking trees out of the ground and not just like, it didn't just snap them at the base. The roots came out with them along with huge chunks of like grass and dirt and crap. And this shit was everywhere. Like a big tree that was in my neighbor's yard that I had been, that I had hated for years because it, when it got long, it scratched on my roof. And I had been needling them to remove it. Well, that tree's gone because it fell directly into my fucking backyard. <laughs> and thankfully did not hit anything or anyone. But. Wow. It was. Dude, so many fucking trees fell down. It was crazy. Like I was driving around like the day out, like the day of the windstorm. Oh, and by the way, big tree fell down. Big trees fell down, knocked out the power which is obvious, but it, for, for me and my neighbor and probably a couple of adjacent people, our power was gone between Tuesday morning and Friday night. So I couldn't work. <laughs> so that sucked because it, it meant I couldn't telework and I had to actually work in my office, which finds only five minutes away. It still sucked ass having to do that. And also not having power meant it was difficult to, you know, keep food. <laughs> And right, was, of course. It it just it sucked. It sucked. I don't I don't, I don't recommend being without power for four days, kids. <laughs> no, it's awful. It's awful. My um, 
that happened to my family. Um, we, uh, I, the summer between freshman year and sophomore year of high school in like the day after school got out, I broke my knee just playing, just playing basketball, you know, not doing anything crazy. I, I, I did the old, uh, comedic thing you think of, wouldn't it, you know, I want to see somebody's leg bend backwards the wrong way once in my life. And that happened to me. Um, I don't recommend it. It, it hurts more than you could ever imagine. Yeah, no um, shit. It's one of those pains that I knew it hurt really bad because it went from zero to excruciating to I felt no pain. Right. And and so I knew that it was really bad. Luckily, I didn't actually break the knee. Um, I tore really, really badly tore a muscle that goes around there and it ripped the growth plate back. Cool. So they were able to put a cast on and like reset the growth plate and I didn't need surgery, but I got stuck with a cast from my ankle to my ass <laughs> straight out playing. So I could walk on it. I could put full pressure on it. Cause again, it was the bending that was the problem, not the weight. So I didn't like really need crutches or anything. And I could, you know, move around with one leg out straight, you know, whatever. But we had weekly brownouts. Oh man. It was one of the hottest summers on record. We had weekly brownouts. I couldn't swim in a pool and we had no air conditioning. We lost power for three or four days at a time. And that was miserable. But cool thing, that's also the summer that made me because my brother was always the, you know, the consumer of movies and books and literature. And I kind of like learned through osmosis of just like sure. talking to him and staying up. But that summer, I literally saw three movies a week because my mother was a visiting nurse. And so she would work during the day and I'm, you know, sitting there not able to really go anywhere with this damn cast. So she'd come home for like, you know, in between her morning and nighttime shifts and go, hey, let's go see a movie. Cause I could sit in the back of her van and go. So we'd go and I could sit at the local AMC. I remember cause their theaters were stadium and they had the, um, the handicapped area, which was sure. wider. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I could actually sit with my cast sticking straight out and not trip people. That's um, was the idea. And Oh man, I saw everything. That was the summer of the sixth sense. Um, uh, pitch black. Oh, that's a good uh, movie year. Uh, Final Destination. Yeah, it was it was incredible the stuff we saw that year. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, I don't recommend mm -hmm. losing power for any more than a day. It, no. It's it's a really really terrible it's, thing. It's it's a bad thing. So yeah, we lost power, and so I, like, I was trying to do the responsible thing, you know. And I tried calling the people who uh, I tried calling the what's it called? I tried calling the rent uh, the the uh, the rental company. Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, Big tree fell in the fucking backyard. You know, want to let you know, you guys want to send someone out to take care of it, whatever. Just letting you know. They didn't answer. They have a history of not an of not answering their phone. I left a message, nothing. And that was the only way I knew to get in contact with them. Because they had sent out a big email, you know, from an, from an email address that appears like you can't respond to it. Saying, hey, we're not in the office because of COVID. And I assumed they were still out of the office. It took weeks for me to finally like be able to get in touch with them because, you know, they'd never say anything about they never said anything. And the neighbor had a guy come out and fix the, you know, and fix the tree. So whatever. Or fix the tree. Chop up and take away the tree. I'll tell you, man, all of the 
landscaping companies that did like tree removal, they must have bank during this. Yeah, year. they did. <laughs> of course they did. Um, but yeah, so like it took weeks. I was finally able to get in touch with them because, and this makes no sense. Like there were, again, they had one phone number, call it, always get a voicemail, leave voicemails. No one ever calls back. Yep. And this is not, oh, and this is not a one person. This is not like a little fly by night, one or two person thing. This is a big ass company that has hundreds, if not thousands of rental properties. Jesus. Yeah. So I, I was able to get in, in touch with them because God forbid there's any kind of information on the internal customer portal, you know, where you pay your fucking rent. No, <laughs> no, that would be insane. I went to their oh. regular ass website oh. and there's a fucking button in the corner. Click here to chat with a person. All right, motherfucker. We're going to do this. Let's do this. So I chat with the person who's like, I'm interested in renting one of your properties. I'm like, I know, actually, I already rent one of your properties. And I'm trying to get in touch with someone because big fucking tree fell in my back. I want to tell them. And also, and also a bunch of other shit y'all need to know or I need to find out about. Oh, because during all, because during all this uh, in May, the, uh, the lease ran out. And what was supposed to happen was, you know, if you want to renew, you tell them. You tell them, though, you know, you tell them you want to renew, you sign a new lease and you're good for another year. And I was looking to yep. do that. But because they wouldn't answer their fucking phones. And again, that was the only way I knew how to get in touch with them. Uh, the lease ran out and it and it moved on to month to month, which I didn't really give a shit about until later on. I found, wait a minute. Why is the rent much higher? Oh, because it, because month to month adds two hundred dollars each month to your rent. Because fuck you. That's why. So I was trying to like, I'm like, fuck you. I didn't sign. I, I never said that was okay. I'm like, give him back my, it's like, it'd been four months. I'm like, give me back my $800, you pricks. So the second I tell this person that I was trying to get money from them, she immediately is like, let me get your information to the property manager. And within 10 <laughs> minutes, within 10 minutes, the property manager calls me. But of course, it's this is a guy I, I did not know because I'd spoken spoken to property manager before. And I guess the first previous property manager had left. This guy had come in, and none of the information that the previous property manager and I had done with my account, like me removing the carpet or anything like that, was on my file. Nothing. Uh -oh. Which is a problem, which I said to guy, dude, that's a problem because if I leave and then you guys come in and inspect and like, well, where the fuck the carpet go and start and try and charge me for that shit or take it out of my, of my deposit. Like, we're not doing that. We had, I'm like, I had to deal with this other person. If she didn't I like, look, I, 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 I went through the lease with a fine tooth comb and yes, there is definitely something in the lease that says you are not allowed to make verbal deals. However, when I said, can I take out the carpet? And she said, yes. She was just as much making that deal. Yep. So I'm like, this ain't my fault. You know, I told her to write it down. She said she did. If she was lying or you guys had a system failure, that's on you. But the, the whole bullshit with this guy was everything I brought up, every problem with the place, he tried to he tried to weasel his way out of saying it's not either it's not their responsibility or something with the lease or whatever. Like basically shield trying to shield himself from any um what's the word? Like any and all responsibility. Yep. Implication. You know, said, hey. Yeah. Cause why you know, cause liability. And, yeah, liability. You know, I said to him, Hey man, you know, big fucking tree fell down the 
backyard. I tried to get in touch with you about that. You know, I couldn't. He says, oh, well, did you, you know, you called the number, right? I'm like, yeah. And it just kept seeing where, where it said voicemails. He says, why didn't you send a text? To who? Where? Where's the yes, number? Give me the number. He says, he says, we've sent you texts before. I'm like, no, your maintenance people have sent texts to me as maintenance people. And they always started it with this ends maintenance. <laughs> Why the fuck would I assume that that is a general number? Hey, when maintenance. I know they, when I know hey, that you're. I want, I want to pay yeah, my rent. <laughs> yeah, like when I know the maintenance people are contracted by you, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> and he says, well. Oh, my goodness. And he said, no, it gets better. Well, you could have sent us an email. Again. Where is the email? Because on your <laughs> it ain't on your website, and even the letters you send out to like the letter they sent out to warn people, hey, we're not in the office. It had their address, it had their phone number. That's it. So if there was an email, I didn't know. Since we send you emails all the time, I'm like, yeah, big form emails that you know that I get all the time and I don't sit there and reply to like a Sears email that's talking about clothes and and I don't, I don't sit there and hit reply and then type I want to buy that dress that's yep. not how it works if you send that I said if you had sent out an email that was actually typed by a person about something I would know that there was an email shoot <laughs> Because and I'm yelling because I'm yelling at him about give me back my eight hundred dollars because I never agreed to the whole month to month thing because it's your fault I wasn't able to renew and he's like well do you want to renew now I'm like fuck you <laughs> with oh all my this God. are you out of your mind I told him he says well what but again it gets better because apparently his whole thing was well we record all the emails and all the texts and you know. Whatever. And I said, what about phone conversations? He says, yeah, we record those too. I'm like, what about voicemail? Okay, we don't record those. I'm like, oh, so all the voicemails. I, so, so when I say to you that I called 10 times and left 10 voicemails, you have A, no way to verify that. So I could be fucking full of shit. And B, nobody calls me back anyway, so what difference does it make? And then he said the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You ready for the stupidest thing you've ever heard, Chris? I'm, I'm, I mean, I've heard a lot of stupid things today, okay. but uh, I'm ready. So he says to me, "Well, Mason, we have hundreds of re of renters and properties. We cannot be expected to respond to every voicemail." Wait a minute, what? You heard me. We cannot be expected to respond to everybody. I'm like, well, I sent 10 of them. So what, you guys just ignored all of them? Like at a certain point, it starts to feel like you guys are specifically harassing me by ignoring me. And he says, well, again, we have too many properties. I said, buddy, if you have so many properties and your guys are so- Your job is property management. Yeah, like what the fuck do you think you're doing? If you have that many properties and your guys are so run ragged, they cannot answer the phone or respond to one of a dozen voicemails sent by a person who's having a trouble in his house, then maybe you should sell off a good chunk of your properties so you're not so fucking busy or maybe hire more people. I don't fucking know. <laughs> he says, well, oh, that's that, wild. He says to me, well, Mason, that's not really the point I was making. I mean, <laughs> 
that's not the point you you wanted to make, but that's definitely the point you made. And then, so he says, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm, I don't want to pay any, I'm like, look, I will happily pay the per month, the month to month fee starting now, because I have agreed with you that I'm doing that. But the last four months, uh-uh, you owe me that was, money. was my old agreement. Yes. Yeah, that was, you know, I never signed anything, you know, I, yeah, fine. The lease that I signed says, if you go over the lease, it's month to month fee, $200. And of course, this is also the company that nickels and dimes me to death. Hey, you have solar on your house. So you're not going to have to pay a lot of, you know, electric. Cool. It's like $10 a month for electric. Too bad it's also a $65 charge for the fucking dick-sucking privilege of having solar on the house I'm renting. <laughs> you know, making that savings fucking pointless. You know, hey, we're going to charge you $35 a month for each dog that you have. And you have two dogs. And each dog has its own separate pet deposit. <laughs> yep. So that's fucking sucks. And like the just the, the constant nickel and diming, like this, like even without the whole two hundred dollar thing, the price per the price of rent and all the utilities or whatever has like jumped up like two two three hundred dollars just in the past. Oh, it's years. awful. It's, it's fucking awful. terrible. And. Whatever. I look. I understand the rent going up a little bit because property values, but this is just absurd. So, yeah, I said to the guy, "Look, I, I said, I, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start looking for a new place. So we're gonna stay on month to month. But I am telling you that this is. I need to contact you. I need to be able to get in touch with you." He says, "Okay. Well, I'm sending you an email right now that has all of my contact information in it." And I'm like, "Cool." And he actually did. So good on him. So then. Uh, I started looking at new places to rent. It turns out it's difficult to find new places. To oh, rent. yeah. I didn't want to go back to an apartment. I have outgrown apartments. It's me and two dogs and a bunch of bullshit. I'm not going back into apartment. So I was like, okay, well, let's find a rental house. I found this place. Well, a lot of the rental houses I saw either did not have the space or looked like shit or more likely were run by other big property companies that, hey, guess what, have special dog policies where we have breed restrictions. Well, Chris, I have a Labrador, which everybody loves, and a pit bull, which yep. people love. Everybody hates. Which my mother, significantly my less. mother, my mother almost lost her homeowner's insurance because she had a mutt. She had a dog. It was this harmless little odd dog that had um, dachshund and Dalmatian, and all these weird stuff, and Jack Russell Terrier. And they said, well, Jack Russell Terrier is Pitbull. Sorry. You're like, really, guys? <laughs> so, I couldn't find a rental house. Even the ones that were, like, rented by individuals. Because, in my mind, if it's run, if it's owned by a guy, and it's rented by a guy, you can sit there and talk him off that idiotic cliff. Yes. A company, not so much. So, you know, I did manage to find a rental house, you know, a rental house or like a manufactured home down the street. And I went to see it and it looked really good. It had a huge backyard, you know, and I'm like, OK, you know, I could sit there. I could live in this place. Sure. And I was because I was sitting there because like the guy was there with his family and they were all cleaning up the house after the previous renters who who has who had like left after eight years. So it was obviously, you know, so I'm like, OK, well, this guy's obviously a good 
landlord because they were there for eight years. And I was talking to a guy for damn near an hour, but I just, I didn't pull the trigger on that place. And then the next day I decided to pull the trigger on and say, I want this. I want to put in an application. Oh, sorry, Mason. Someone else just put in an application. I don't think they're going to get it. But uh, so if they don't, I'll let you know. Well, it turned oh. out they got, well, it turned out they got it. So I was really, and I was really disappointed about that. But like I got like, and that was the time I was like, okay, well, what the fuck do I do? None of the rental places are working out. And I find, and my dad says, well, why don't you just talk to a realtor? I'm like, cause realtors are more about buying homes, not renting them. He says, I'm sure they have some I'm like, okay, fine. So I talked to a couple of realtors. They weren't, they didn't really, and they a lot of them told me what I already knew. Well, we don't really have a lot of homes for rent and certainly not with what you're looking for. Okay. And I ended up talking to this one realtor named Jeff and he says to me, well, why don't you look at, at buying? You know, you're, you know, you know, it sounds like, you know, it's not, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, middle-aged and, you know, you have a job and whatever, you know, why, why wouldn't you buy? And I said, well, I've always been kind of conditioned that I can't, that I can't afford it. That's impossible. Cause every time I've talked about buying a house, my dad's like, yeah, you can't afford it. Cause my dad assumes that you have to have like a hundred thousand, you know, like two, like a 20% down payment on a house. Correct. And that means you have to have like $80,000 or whatever, just at the front, just to, and it's like, so it turns out that's not true. Correct. Turns out there's all sorts of different types of mortgages you can get, including ones that don't require some crazy fucking absurd down payment. You know, ones that are like, okay, it's more reasonable, like three to 5%, which is. Yep. That's how more, I got my house. Yeah. It's a lot more attainable. So I talked to this guy and I'm like, you know what? Let's go, you know, go ahead, run my credit. Let's find out. Cause I've been doing some work to try and get my credit back. I finally got a fucking credit card that I use and I use for groceries and pay off each month. And that's been building my credit really well, Wish I'd been doing, doing that for three years, but yeah, whatever. So yeah, they gave me a credit score and it was, and it was much more solid than I expected. And they're like, no, we can totally do this. And I'm like, okay, let's start looking. So for like a month, almost every day after I was done with work, I, uh, you know, the guy would send me houses and say, okay, and say, which one, which ones do you like? And I would say, oh, that one and that one and that one. And we'd go out and look at them after I was done with work. And we saw some really good houses. We put, we put some bids down on some of them, but they all got like sniped out from under me either because, yep. because the housing market is fucking bananas. Yep. Turns out. Um, and like, you know, people sit there and like, ah, well, this place looks good and it's right at the top of your price range. I'm like, cool. And then someone else says, uh, I don't want that, but I'm going to add another $20,000 to the bid. And I'm like, okay, that's not mine anymore. <laughs> Even the ones where it's like, nobody has bid by the time we get our bid in, it's like, guess what? Somebody has bid and they've overbid you. <laughs> but like, I saw some really fucked up houses and some really cool houses, but eventually like I couldn't find it. Like I could not find anything i was starting to get depressed and then about two weeks ago i get an email and it's from the guy with the uh house with the rental house that i, re I really liked he says to me hey mason i'm not sure if you're still interested but uh the person that had gotten the house they had to uh they had to abandon their claim to it because of a family emergency. So guess what? The so the house is now available again. I know you were really you really wanted it. So are you still 
I'm like, fucking yeah, let's go. Nice. So I talked to him and, you know, for whatever reason, when I was talking to him on the phone, he felt the need to not just tell me, hey, this person had a family emergency and couldn't get the house. That's all I needed to know. I don't need to know anything else. He d- he felt it was very important to tell me the grisly fucking details of what happened oh, to God. this family, which I am not going to share. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, Benson, I am happy that I have this opportunity. Stop making me feel like it is paid in someone else's blood, please. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Okay, look, I know the old phrase is when God closes the door, he opens a window. But you're making me think that he's prying it open with freshly with freshly hewn bones. Okay? Oh Can we not do this? <laughs> and please, if if something bad happens to me, don't be so sherry with it when yeah, you talk like, to the next person. <laughs> oh, and uh, I don't know. A guy exploded in the house when he was uh, suiting up his Iron Man suit. We buried him in the backyard. Anyway, who wants to rent a house? I have video footage of it happening if you want to see it. In fact, it's, in fact, you have to watch the video footage in order to rent it. It's very oh, important God. that you know. So whatever. That was stupid. But I'm like, yeah, fucking yeah, let's go. And I went back. I looked at the house. Still looks fine. But So I'm thinking, okay, well, I still want to buy a house. But obviously, the market is completely fucked. Oh, it's bonkers. It's too super fucked. It's no way, like, it's just, it would, and you know what, look, I could keep look. I could have kept looking at homes with Jeff for another, for months, but I'm just no longer comfortable giving my current property management company any more money. Right. Like, I don't want to, like, I love the place I'm at. But I'm t- but but I'm tired of their bullshit. I can't be here anymore. I just can't. So I figure I rent this new place, sign a lease for a year. This guy, because it's again, it's just one dude. The the rent for the dogs is cheaper. It's only twenty dollars each dog instead of thirty five. He's not asking for a deposit for the dogs. And he doesn't give a fuck what breed they are because he knows that pit bulls are only bad if they have bad owners. That's right. And so this is the, and so it's like, to me, that's like, this is a perfect situation. So I'm all set to move into this place at the end of the month, at the end Mm -hmm. of November. But what's all, you know, and then like, I'll just be there for a year. And in like six months, I'll call Jeff back and say, Hey, let's start looking at a house. Yeah. Let's, because that, that way I'll have six months to find something. But what's but the best part is that you know I asked uh, the guy said when can I st-, you know I you know I gave him the deposit and I said when can I you know I, I know we're set to start at the at the you know, November thirtieth or whatever but when can I start moving my stuff in when can I get a key he says to me Mason uh, you gave you know you give me the you give me the uh, the down payment, and as long as we as I have that and and your background check comes up clear, I'm happy to give you the key right now. As long as you don't, you know that you aren't living in it, you're just moving stuff into it. So we did that, and now I've been moving this uh, little like one or two uh, big Rubbermaid uh, bins of stuff yep. into that house each day. You know, I take it 
stuff, I put stuff in the bin, I take it down there, I unpack it, and then I come back. Yep. And that way, I can, and that, that way, moving is, is not going to be some, you know, three-day horror show where I'm completely losing my goddamn mind. It's more of a casual thing. So that by the time the end of the so that by the time the end of the month comes, all I'll really have to do is get a U-Haul to get the bed and the table and some of the and like the couches and whatever some of the bigger stuff out. Take that down and be done with it. Right. Be easy. So that's what's so that so that's what we've decided to do. And honestly, it's it's great. Like this place has again a gargantuan backyard, and it's not you know again it ain't perfect. It's maybe a little it's maybe a little a little on the rattier side like the yard yep. and again the house is manufactured mm-hmm. so you know but again i can live there for a year like my i you know i the first thing i checked was okay what kind of internet hey same internet that i have here same fiber great transfer that over no problem you know like if i can sit there and do that shit then we're fine like who cares you know but I just absolutely, dude. I ha- like I have to move forward with this. I can't be renting anymore because it's just like you know, it took forever. But I did finally convince my dad to look up the current rules, and he's like, "Well, I- he actually had to call me." He says, "Well, Mason, uh, it turns out I owe you an apology," and I almost fell over because he never apologized. <laughs> never apologizes for saying shit. He says, "Turns out you can indeed." Blah blah blah. I'm like, gee, Dad, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. It's almost like I looked this shit up. <gasps> I know. I know. I don't believe it either. <laughs> Wild. But, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm happy. I'm going to be happy to get be getting the hell out of here. And, I'm, you know, I've given that, you know, at the beginning of this month, I gave them their last hunk of rent. So they're done getting money out of me. Nice. And then... You know, I'll be out of here at the end of the month and they can go suck a dick. <laughs> yeah. And like I like I like I know. I know for a fact that if I get any of my deposit back, it's gonna be a significantly reduced because I've done this shit before and I know that when a rental company or whatever, or landlords or whatever, that when they sit there, they'll go look through the house and they'll try and find any little thing to blame on you. Yep. Like, Taking that out of your pocket. Taking that out of your pocket. Taking that out of your pocket. Oh, this floorboard is a nail and this one board is meh. Oh, I took the carpet out here and it's just concrete now. Blah, 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 blah. That's yep. And it's just, okay, fine. You know, whatever. I, you know, if they give me an itemized list, I'm going to have to go over it and be like, nope, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And I will happily, because, oh, and it turns out they are back in their office. <laughs> so, uh, so, for those keeping track, the rental company felt it was very necessary to send out a physical letter to everyone they're renting to, telling them they were, telling people they were not in their office due to COVID-19. But when they went back into their office, you know, obviously in a much in a in a limited capacity where you can't just walk in, but you can still make appointments, they'll go. They did not feel the need to send out any letter to let anybody know. They just assumed people would summon that knowledge from the land of wind and ghosts. Nice. And again, I said, like, here, to close out this <laughs> this thing, they have a whole thing about, like, hey, as a renter, you are responsible for mowing your lawn. You're responsible for keeping your weeds clear. And I do that. But 
a couple weeks had gone by with me running around, looking at houses, doing the work from home, busting my ass with the dogs and everything else. I just hadn't gotten a chance to mow the lawn and it got a little long. So I came, so I came back or I opened the door one day to look, to get the mail. And there was a, a sheet taped to my door saying, Hey, your grass is long. You have three days to mow it before we, we before we try and evict your ass. Okay, yes. fine. I took out the mower. I mowed the lawn. No problem. Three days later, the dogs start freaking out about something right near the uh, middle of the day. I get up from my desk, go look at it, just in time to see some putts walking away from my door and a and a uh, a car with the uh, rental company's branding on it. I open the door. There's another different letter there now. And it's like, hey, man, see, now you are absolutely, you know, this, you know, and then they just quoted the thing again. You have to take care of the law and the weeds. Um, and it's like, if you do not, you have a day. You know, if you don't do this, we're going to fucking be, on, be all over your ass. Because I think that, no, I'm sorry. This was the three-day thing. The previous one was a week. And yeah. I'm like, immediately, because again, all that was written on there was, tenant must take care of grass and weeds. What's the problem? <laughs> so I called up the stupid property manager, because now I had his number. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? He says, well, uh, yeah, you, need to, uh, you need to take care of your grass and weeds. Yeah, dumbass, I, I did. can read. I did that. You put a fucking note on my door a week ago. I mowed the fucking lawn the same as I always did, and there was no pro- you know, and there's never been a problem. Why the fuck's there a problem now? Says, oh well, uh, hmm. I'm like, dude, you know, if they're gonna sit there and put a thing on my door or whatever, or just send a guy, you know, he was right at my door. He saw my car in the parking lot. Hell, he probably saw me approach the front door through the fucking window. He couldn't be bothered to knock on the door, ring the doorbell or something, and tell me, hey, Mason, so here's the problem areas. Here's yeah, what right. the problem is. No, no, God forbid they do that. And so I tell the guy, look, I need to know what the fuck the problem is so I know what the fuck to fix. He says, okay, well, I'll get that for you. And, he, and, of, and of course they notate all this stuff, but again, they don't tell the tenant. So it's like, ah, this one tree has a bunch of bullshit growing out of it. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, that one tree has been there since I've, uh, you know, it's like a tree and it has a bunch of like little, like either tree seeds or whatever, like growing around it, like a ton of this shit. But that's one thing I clipped out all of those little ones when I first moved in three years ago. And it has never been a problem since. Right. Only now did they decide that that needed to be clipped out. Addressed. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Only now. And which, which was, which to me was like, okay, y'all are actively trying to make shit up because to, to get rid of me. Cause I'm now not worth it to you or something. And I said to him, dude, I told him that I said, I have trimmed that exactly one time in three years. Why suddenly now? He says, that's just what they took. I'm like, well, again, this shit should have been on the piece of paper. Well, Mason, we have a lot of properties, over a thousand pro- <laughs> properties, and we can't be bothered to, you can't be bothered to take two fucking minutes to write down, hey, man, the bullshit around the tree, trim it. That's all you need But you do. have enough time to send somebody out you to have, stick it on the door. Yeah, you, can, you can send a guy like the fucking mafia to, to staple something to my fucking door, like, you know, like, I, like you're, uh, like you're stapling the uh, 
the tenants to the church door or some shit. <laughs> but you can't have him. But you can't call me. You can't email me. You can't text me. You can't have the guy knock on my door. You can't do any of this shit. I have to go out of my way to call you to find out the information that of why you guys are trying to kill to kick me out of my house. Uh, That's cute. Well, it sounds sounds like a good thing that you're getting the hell out of there, man. Oh my god. And but funny is I've mentioned this company to other people in the area. And the second I like my neighbor, the second I mentioned the name, they're like, oh my god, I've heard horror stories. They're terrible. And like I don't want to oh, sit boy. there and like be a dick about it, but you know what? Fuck it. If anyone has ever tried to rent from Rise Home Source, do not rent from them. They are fucking monsters. Nice. So fuck those guys with the you know with the slimiest, most ravenous dick you can find, and then run nice. away so fast. Good. God. Dude, dude, that's I I am so happy to be able to give you this this place to vent because this is what today is all about. And this was why I was so glad you wanted to record because we gotta get it all out, man. But I mean um, I vented this is not this is like the fifth time I vented about this, but honestly, it's just a fun story to hear like Oh, it's a great shit, story. It, it can't because uh, I'm sure you're sitting there thinking it can't get any stupider, and then I'm like, No, that's when it gets stupider. I can't believe you've been putting up with all of that. I'm I'm glad you're getting out, but um I I have to go back to hell. Um, so I wanted to say that it looks very likely that this race is going to go to Joe Biden from, from an email that I just got. We'll see. There's still a couple states to clean up, but we're still in the middle of it. So don't quote me on that. But at yeah. the time of this recording, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I wanted to give you, I wanted to give you a chance, Mason, to, to give a shout out or pitch anything or say anything that, uh, that you wanted to tell people right now. Okay, well, I definitely want to uh, give a shout out to uh, to Frank, the guy who got me back into the three printing and with the Iron Man suit. Uh, look him up, Frankly F R A N K L Y built on YouTube or Instagram. The guy puts up videos every week. He's always putting up like tutorial. He has a whole tutorial series of how he made his Mark eighty five. He has a series about like here's how I do this. Here's how I do that. Here's how to use a shitty soldering iron from Harbor Freight to weld the pieces of plastic together so you never have to use glue anymore. It's um, yep. The guy has just fantastic tutorials because I've been like watching other tutorials for months and this guy's is the only ones that suddenly started making sense. So strongly recommend him. He has a Patreon if you like it. You know, I mean, he has a Discord. You can join the Discord. Don't have to pay a cent. And it's just a bunch of cool people showing off their 3d prints talking to people so if you're into that shit into cosplay whatever join that you know you know join that subscribe to frank join the fucking discord fantastic that's awesome i can't wait uh now now i feel like i'm gonna get addicted to this um (laughs) so so mason dude it's always a pleasure to chat with you according to skype it's been a year yeah, since I saw we, that. Since like, we did this, like, what? Was it, like June, June of 2019, May of 2019, somewhere around. Oh. It's, been a, it's been like damn near a year and a half. Well, I still, I feel like we talk all the time, but we I guess do, it's I mean, we, not. We, yeah. we, 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 we talk more often than, you know, obviously we're not having big hour and a half long conversations that are recorded for a podcast. But yeah, you know, you and I, you and I converse sometimes on Twitter and through and your Discord and whatever. Nice, dude. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm going to get going. It's been a blast. Thank you, Mason, yet again for shooting the shit with Chippa. And I hope um, that our fun conversation today and our, our little therapy session we just held together was some good catharsis for anyone out there that's having a rough time with the current state of the nation. And uh, again, yeah, thank you for shooting the shit. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. <laughs>